Hey everyone, and welcome to Icons and Outlaws, your all-access backstage pass to the legends of the music world. I'm your host, Jonathan Sayer. I'm Jeff. I am also Logan. And this is episode nine, Cindy Lauper. Remember to stay to the end of the episode to listen to our version of Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, which you can find on Spotify and our own curated Icons and Outlaws playlist. You can find everything about the show over at iconsandoutlaws.com and make sure to subscribe and, of course, tell your friends. Hey, Jeff. Yes, sir. What is your first recollection of uh, Cindy Lauper? My sister playing that girls just want to have fun in the 80s <laughs> over and over and over yeah yeah i didn't have appreciation for cindy until the goonies soundtrack of course but yeah that that girls just want to have fun over and over and over like every 80s girl did i think of course what about you there logan do you even know who cindy lopper is of course i know who cindy lopper is yeah man. yeah she was uh the singer for uh, led zeppelin <laughs> <laughs> you suck Ah, that's hilarious. Well, so a couple cool things about this and learning about Cindy Lauper. All right. I've always, uh, you know, appreciated her. Um, but there's she had a really rough life Ooh. growing up, like younger, like seriously. And um, also her biggest hits came from like her first album and like the Goonies soundtrack. And then she has a bunch of other albums after that, but none of them were ever huge. And it's crazy how she's such an iconic uh, artist, mm-hmm. you know, but there's reasoning behind that too because she's like just involved in a lot of stuff. Was she before Madonna, or was they, or were they were the same time? I'd say right around the same time. I think, I think, uh, like Material Girl or like a Virgin and stuff. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that came around the same time. I'm not 100 percent positive, but when we when we discuss Madonna in a future episode, Oy. we will definitely be talking about that. Hmm. All right, so Cynthia and Stephanie Lopper Thornton, oh, yeah, hey there. buddy was born in June uh, 22nd, 1953, in Brooklyn, New York City, right here in the U.S., to Catholic parents, Fred and Katrine. Her mother was from Sicily. She has uh, two siblings, a younger brother, Fred, nicknamed Butch, and an older sister, Ellen, and her parents divorced when she was only five years old. And uh, that's when my parents actually divorced. And yes, that can mess you up, and that's why I do a podcast now. Yeah, but you get two Christmases, two birthdays. I mean, how is that messing you up? <laughs> Not in my house, you didn't. Yeah. So her early her earliest childhood uh, days were spent in uh, Brooklyn, but when she was about four years old, the family moved to Ozone Park, Queens, right outside of Brooklyn, where she lived in a railroad-style apartment through her teenage years. Growing up, she felt like an outcast. She grew up listening to such artists as The Beatles and Judy Garland. Then, Judy Garland? Judy Garland. You know who yeah. that is, Logan? Uh, is that the drummer of Led Zeppelin? <laughs> she was an actor. Oh, really? And a Broadway singer, but... Oh. She's more notably known as an actor in a big, probably one of the biggest movies of all time. Jurassic Park. Wow, you you were close. That yeah. was very close. What was it? We're thinking Wizard of Oz, Dorothy. She's Dorothy. Oh, wow, that's an old movie. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. A little different than Jurassic Park. Yeah, huh? A little, little bit. <laughs> well, then at only 12 years old, she began writing songs and playing an acoustic guitar that she got from her sister. Started off young. Uh, 12 years yes. old. Yep. Uh, She was primarily raised by her mother, who worked as a waitress to support the family. And uh, mom loved the arts and frequently took Cindy and her siblings to Manhattan to see Shakespeare plays or visit art museums. So instilling that art culture in the family. Awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Super cool. Mm -hmm. However, Cindy did not uh, do particularly particularly well in school. Okay, Um, She was reportedly kicked out of several schools in her youth. And she was raised in the Roman Catholic faith. 
So uh, Cindy uh, recounted in uh, Bose Hadley's Inside the Hollywood Closet, the time a nun attacked her after catching a nine-year-old Cindy scratching his friend's, ba- his friend's uh, back, just, you know, scratching her back. You know, she's, you know, nine years old or whatever it is, nothing nefarious about it. Quote, a nun ran in, ripped me off her back, threw me against the lockers, beat the shit out of me, and called me a lesbian. Oh. Oh, wow. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. Not that. Not, not fun. No. No, that's not fun. In you any... couldn't do that nowadays. Yeah. Now well, it's 2022. You shouldn't have done that then. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you know what I mean? Why are you scratching other people's backs? Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so as many kids do, she expressed herself with various hair colors and eccentric clothing. Nice. She took a friend's advice to spell her name as Cindy, C-Y-N-D-I, rather than the typical C-I-N-D-Y, right? How would you spell corn, Logan? K-O-R-N. That's what I thought. Nice. (laughs) Unfortunately, her unusual sense of style led to classmates bullying her and even throwing rocks and stuff at her. Oh, because kids are rough, man. Yeah, they are. Kids suck. It sounds like the making of either a superhero movie or a supervillain movie right now. Correct. Which you'll, you tell me which is by the end of this. Is is Cindy Lauper a superhero or a supervillain? You got it. All right. So she went to uh, Richmond High uh, Hills, excuse me, Richmond Hill High School where she was expelled, but later earned her GED. Okay, so she was kicked out of school, but she did get her GED finally. And again, kind of an ongoing trend. I was just going to say that. I mean, like all these iconic artists that we go over, they all dropped out of school at some point. Yeah. I mean, they always go back and get their GED, but like Dave Grohl, I mean, all of them, they all drop out. And then they become bazillionaires. It's like, hmm, maybe there's a method to the man. So kids, if you're listening, drop out of school, pick up a guitar. So Cindy revealed that uh, after her stepfather threatened to sexually assault her and her sister and then secretly watched her take a bath, oh boy, she left home for good. What a creep. Hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. So Cindy left home at 17 to escape her creepy-ass father, intending to study art. Her journey took her to Canada. Okay. Oi. Yeah. Oi. <laughs> Is that what they say up there? Oi. Welcome to Canada. Oi. Oi. <laughs> Where she spent two weeks in the woods with her dog, uh, Sparkle, trying to find herself. She, you know, she went on a little sabbatical. She wanted to, you know. Soul searching. Correct. Yeah. And which is fine. I, I mean, did you ever soul search? Uh, yeah, I still haven't found it. I never did. Yeah. I did. Did you? Yeah. Skyrim? Awesome game. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, nice, boy. Nice, nice. I like it. <laughs> she eventually traveled up to, Ver- or over to Vermont, uh, taking art classes at Johnson State College and supporting herself by working odd jobs. Uh, money was sparse, so she was, uh, you know, she was a waitress. Served as an uh, an office assistant and even sang in a Japanese restaurant for a while. Wow. Which is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. That's kind of cool. At one point, her boyfriend at the time hunted and shot a squirrel, which she cooked up and actually ate. That's how bad things kind of were at that point in time. I do that all the time. How's that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Cindy also faced an unplanned pregnancy, uh, which she wanted, but her boyfriend did not. So, unfortunately, she terminated the pregnancy. Oh. Okay. Nobody wants to run in and do that, she later told HuffPost. It's just that I didn't want to have a kid that I love come into the world and not be able to share the kid with a dad. It makes sense. And I at mean, that age, not having any money, you know what I mean? Like We it, don't need to get into abortion. Yeah, we definitely want to get into that. All Everyone, that stuff. But like, have your own opinions. It's fine. I mean, it gotta, is what it you is. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Yeah. It is what it yeah. is. So during this period, Cindy got around uh, by hitchhiking. Okay. Nice. And back then, it was a little bit less do that. dangerous. <laughs> I mean, it was still dangerous. You know, a lot yeah. of shit still happened, yeah. but it wasn't as dangerous. Do you remember the movie The Hitchhiker from the 80s? Uh, the Hitcher. 
Is it the Hitcher? Is it Hitcher or Hitchhiker? I don't no, remember. I think you're thinking of the Hitchhiker's Guide to yeah, the Galaxy. It Thomas was like Howell. a like a C movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or was like no famous. Actors. It was C. Uh, Rudger Hauer. Or was Rudger Hauer? Rudger yeah. Hauer and C. Thomas Howell. Yeah, and yeah. that was back in the '80s yeah. when that came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, you can't hitchhike." Oh. They they remade that not too long oh, ago. Did they? Yeah, and uh-huh. it, it was still not good. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, so she, you know, did what she has to do. She's hitchhiking around. Unfortunately, she put herself into close close quarters with some potentially uh, crappy individuals, such as the man who gave her a ride and forced her to perform a sexual act on him. Quote, I just wanted to be able to live through it. Get to the other side of it. Okay? Like, that that sucks. (laughs) Like, Hmm. no pun intended. That's just horrible, horrible, horrible. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Like you, uh, I can I can't even imagine that kind of like. Oh my god! If I don't do what this person tells me to do, I may not live through this. It's too bad she didn't get chainsaw because he would have just been so nice and like you know drove her to where she needed to go. Probably fed her, you know, tell stories about candy, the hit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you want to hear my friends? They're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on another occasion, she was assaulted by a bandmate and two accomplices. So wow. she had a rough time, man. She's like, rolling some dice She there. really did. Sometimes um, it all understandably got too overwhelming for Lopper. Quote, a lot of times I couldn't take it anymore, so I would just lay in bed all the time. When I really couldn't deal with anything, I used to get the shakes, just complete anxiety attacks. And uh, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it makes sense. In the early 1970s, uh, Sydney performed as a vocalist with several different cover bands. One of those bands, Doc West, covered disco songs and Janis Joplin. Mm. And there's a point to the Janis Joplin thing here, too. So a later band, Flyer, was active in uh, the New York metropolitan area, singing songs by bands including Bad Company, Jefferson Airplane, and Logan's favorite, Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Although she was performing on stage and loving that part, she was not happy singing covers. Okay? I know that feeling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it tears at your soul. It really does. So one night while singing a cover of Kiki D's I've Got the Music in Me in 1974, her voice gave out. But it came back shortly after, and she continued to sing in cover bands and a Janis Joplin tribute, tribute act. Then in 1977... Her pipe said no more. Her voice completely disappeared, and the doctors discovered that she'd suffered a collapsed vocal cord. Oh, wow. That's, like, typically career-ending. Wow. You know really? I mean? Oh, yeah. Typically, like, you get something like that, you got to go in for surgeries and stuff. And this is in 77, which I don't know if they had, like, the most advanced is surgeries that just for that. like, using it too much? It just has enough and... Not singing correctly, um, abusing your voice, um, not singing in the right range that you should be in, stuff like that can all so, kind of... I think this is a good little side thing for listeners here. How would you sing correctly? Because I'm sure the average person doesn't know. I know I don't know. I know you're not supposed to use your stomach, right? Uh, well, it's a diaphragm. Okay. So, so it's your diaphragm. When you're singing, okay, your body is uh, basically set up as an EQ, okay? Your diaphragm pushes the air out, okay? Mm-hmm. goes up through your vocal cords. Your chest is your bass. So that way, when you talk, you could get down like this, and so you can hear the bass in my voice right now. Hello, everybody. It's pretty good. And then your mids are going to be up in your throat area. Okay, so right now, this is my mids, Mm -hmm. and I'm right here. And then your highs are going to be up here in your nostril area where you can actually hear kind of everything get a little more nasally, a little more higher pitched. So you can actually take it and go, yeah, you know what I mean? That's where you can kind of figure out where your range is at while you're singing. Okay. And as you're singing correctly, if you're you're flat, you want to go up more towards your nose range. You want to make, like, sing through your nose more. If you're sharp, you want to bring it down to your chest a little bit more. Okay. But singing in range, though, and in the right key... If the key is too high for you, you've just got to drop it down. So what about like... Like, you know what I mean? If it's like a super high key and you're like straining, like, ah, doing that whole thing, just drop it down. Either find a harmony for it, sing that part of it, 
or you know maybe do a falsetto instead of actually full-blown singing and blowing your vocal cords out you know and the same thing with like certain singers and we'll talk about it here janice joplin she had that really raspy harsh whiskey drinking cigarette smoking you know voice on her right and if your voice isn't set up that way then you're not if you try to sing like that you're going to lose your voice you're going to screw your voice up so now what about like metal bands with like screamers and stuff like that is there like a whole secret to that well you'll notice and we've talked about logan and i've talked about this before a lot of guys a lot of people that are in like the metal world or whatever they either sing or they scream yeah you get some guys that can sing and scream but what happens a lot of time is is that in their early career, they sing a lot. And you'll notice towards the end of their career, they're not singing so much anymore. It's because all that screaming is destroying their voice. Ah. There's only, I mean, but there's training you could do. Um, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the, the, if anybody out there is interested in learning, uh, it's called the Zen of Screaming. And it's a, uh, a lady who actually taught like, gosh, she taught everybody from uh, the dude from uh, uh, All That Remains, all, all these different guys, how to like, even though he, can't do it anymore he can't sing anymore yeah um it, it, at least not as well as he used to no so but then you got people like Corey taylor where that's just a natural like i can do this but the way he does it and when you listen to his voice it sounds like he is going to like just puke his vocal cords up i mean look at chino i mean he gets that high pitch screen yep and he can sing beautifully, but I don't know anymore. I haven't seen them in a while. Well, you got to remember, too, with Chino, and we're talking about Chino from the Deftones, um, you know, in the early stages with, like, Around the Fur and, um, what is it, Adrenaline? Yeah. When those first came out, he was doing a lot more screaming, right? Yeah. Okay. And then he came out, and he wanted to do more singing. And he was, like, you know, um, what is it, uh, White Pony came out, more singing. And then he did Crosses, a lot more singing, no yeah. screaming in that. And But what happened is, is that little transition area, he sucked live. He did. There was a time where Chino could not hit those notes. Really? Yep. And I, I don't know if he just went in and reworked it or if he went and got some vocal training or if he just wasn't screaming as much anymore. But then the next time I saw him, I was like, holy crap. You know what I mean? Like, he's amazing. And it wasn't just a one-time thing of him sucking either. It was like, you can watch videos of stuff of him not being able to hit the notes that he's recorded. Huh. Like, uh, Bored. Yeah. You know, that's a huge note. Yeah. Um, digital Bath. Another huge note, you know. And if you can't nail that live, you shouldn't be recording it. You right. know? So it takes a lot of time. So anyway, like with her, going back to Cindy here, she just wasn't doing it correctly because she didn't know. She just liked to sing. And she's like, well, I'm in a cover band and I'm just going to sing like these people. Well, that's why I wanted to get into it because I, I know so many people sing in their car and do karaoke. And like, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of amateur singers out there. They're doing TikToks and YouTubes and stuff. And it's like, I wonder if people actually know like the actual science behind it. I doubt they do. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. The the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is singing out of their range and singing out of their, uh, you know, the key that their their voice is. You know, like uh, I have a naturally um, lower voice, Mm -hmm. you know, like as, as I'm talking right now. But I can also sing pretty high. But there's certain notes I'm just like, I can't, I, there's no there's no way, unless I go into a falsetto or something like that, there's no way I can do that. And I could try, but I'm just going to blow my vocal cords out. Yeah. There's no sense in doing that. So you just sing along, and wherever, you, if you, as long as you're singing in the, the, the right key or the right notes, it doesn't necessarily need to be in that, you know, um, that exact range, range that yeah. they're singing in, you know, just get in that, that realm and make it where it's comfortable for you and then just sing along that way. And that's why Fair to Midland was so amazing. <laughs> that front man, oh my god, dude, his range, yeah, it was insane. Oh, yeah, 
I mean, he could go from the low metal scream right up to the highest falsetto. And his scream was like, and then all of a sudden he's like, nah. It's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And that's hard. That's actually a hard thing to come by. Sure. Yeah, like that's really hard for, and you'll find out too that she has an eight an eight octave range they talk about here in a little bit. Okay. Where she can sing like really low or whatever, but she can also hit those big, big, big notes. I mean, she, but she had to, well, okay, so she was um, uh, recommended to go see a um, a, a vocal coach, uh-huh. okay, by a uh, her temporary replacement in the Joplin cover band that she was in. Uh, the coach's name was Katie Agresta, all right? And she actually helped Sydney, um, you know, heal and provided her with the tools and techniques to prevent it from happening again, like breathing correctly, warm up. Oh, my God, it is one of the biggest things ever. Every time we'd go on on tour or whatever, I'd go out for about 15 minutes before we went on stage and I would find, um, you know, a song to sing along with and do my warm ups and sing along and wheels, to be honest, from mm-hmm. Foo Fighters was my song to warm up to. Nice. So I do my uh, my standard warm ups like the no, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. Do the whole, you know what I mean? Get your, get your, get your, get everything warmed up because typically if you have a, the longer the set, the shorter the warm up. Really? The shorter the set, the longer the warm-up, because typically it's the middle of your set when you're going to be at your peak. Okay. It's typically how it goes. Yeah, we would work songs around that, remember? Yeah, like absolutely. set list, yeah. Yeah. So, we, yeah, we would make sure that, like, okay, like, I'm I'm not going to be as good here, so don't give me the ones with the big notes in the very beginning of the set. Right. Let's put those in the middle, and at the end, I could do whatever, because it doesn't matter, we're done at that time, you know what I mean? Yeah, not, right. the, not the that it didn't matter, but like, you know, I can kind of go off script a little bit and I could scream more and, right. scream, oh, you know, be all crazy. But the warm up is the biggest thing. Um, breathing correctly, very, very important. And I've but, seen a lot of people not do that. Like, literally, just like come from the back room and go right up and go. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Like, and some people can get away with it, to be honest. But I mean, honestly, if you talk to vocal coaches and stuff, that's what you should do. And if you ever want to know if you're breathing correctly, you should take each one of um, your finger, uh, the first three fingers, your thumb and your first two fingers on your uh, each hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, Logan, mm-hmm. do this for me. Okay, okay, take like this and put it around the bottom of your rib cage, but put this part of, uh, where your stomach would be, your middle finger where your stomach could be. Okay, okay. You look like Superman right now. Right. So, so right here, right. Yep. See how I am. Yep. So my my index finger is on my ribs. Yep. My middle finger is right below my ribs where my mm-hmm. stomach would be. That's not where your thumb goes. And then your thumb is in the back, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. So now take a take a breath. Okay. Did your fingers move? No. Right, because you're breathing from your chest. You're breathing incorrectly. Oh. Now, next time you take a breath, expand your stomach. That's how you breathe correctly. So, so so now, if you breathe from your chest and you go, and you try to sing, you're going to lose it faster. If you breathe from your diaphragm, it's going to push a lot more air up through there, and you're going to be able to sustain longer and hit those notes. Huh. There you go. You guys just got that. Very that nice. Interesting. Correct. All right. That'll be $5 on Patreon, please, for your <laughs> yes. vocal lesson. For all you uh, <laughs> listeners out there, your vocal lesson will only cost you 5 bucks over at Patreon. So anyway, uh, her vocal coach, Agresta, uh, also helped her realize that she was singing the wrong music entirely, discovering that she was more suited to pop, not hard rock. In other words, her voice couldn't sustain the raspiness and the aggressiveness of hard rock. Yeah. Okay? And some people have a more sensitive you know, uh, everything, to be honest with you. Like, your voice can be way more sensitive than anybody else. So, she kind of guided her towards that. And as uh, Cindy wrote in her memoir, I realized what I was aching for. This is a quote, sorry. I realized what I was aching for, to sing my own songs, in my own voice, in my own style, that I made up myself. She wanted to do it on her own stuff, on her own terms. Right? 
Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in 1978, Cindy met saxophone player John Turi through her manager, Ted Rosenblatt. Turi and uh, Cindy formed a band called Blue Angel, combining a new wave look with a 60s throwback sound and recorded a demo tape of original music. So just her and a saxophone player. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. Gold right there. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> Steve Mazarski, manager of the Allman Brothers Band, heard the tape and liked Cindy's voice. Logan, what's an Allman Brothers song? Um... That I don't know what the hell the Almond Brothers are. Ding, ding, ding. And it's it's Almond A L L M A N. Not Almond. Not Almond. Almond. <laughs> Almond. <laughs> Almond Joy. The Almond Brothers. <laughs> All Man Brothers. Um. So yeah. So what, what was the song? Midnight Rider. Yeah. That's one. That. That's one of their popular ones. I mean, I'm, I'm. There was a commercial not too long ago that had that song in it. Oh yeah, they've made tons of money. Well, Rob Zombie puts in like every one of his movies too. Oh, it's All Man Brothers. Ah. All, yeah, all, all man, the All Man Brothers. <laughs> all Man Brothers. That's hilarious. So yeah, that's that's them. So now and again, so oh. they they had this band, Rambler Man. All right. Yeah, yeah there you okay. go. Oh, oh yeah, that that's a good that one. he got yeah. it now. Okay. So uh, obviously, Steve Mazarski here, the manager of the All Man Brothers, he heard the tape and really liked Cindy's voice. He bought Blue Angels' contract for five thousand dollars. Okay. I mean, the, just to have a saxophone and a singer and then get a contract is amazing. Yeah. Right yeah, there. Absolutely. Right? Right? Man, that's, yeah. that's gold. In 1978, <laughs> five grand, it's not, that's not chump change. It's decent money. Yeah, that's you know? pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, so he, and then he, he became their manager. Mm-hmm. He bought out the contract. He's like, I really like her voice, and I want to do this. So, quote, the playing was bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was something interesting about the singer's voice, but, uh, but that was all. He later told Rolling Stone. Mazarki here, the new manager, set a few uh, a few major record label showcases up, okay, but they all thought the same thing. The band was not great, but the singer was something special. Cindy was something special. She that's, received reco- That's the no doubt. Uh, Absolutely. The no doubt. Yeah, but her band was good, man. Yeah. They were really good, yeah. but no, they always wanted just Gwen. I mean, that's, that's why they fell apart eventually. Well, well, she also wanted to take that pop thing. They really didn't want to go full-blown pop. Yes. <laughs> and I used to love No Doubt. Ugh. Yeah, same. So, of course, Cindy received recording offers as a solo ar- artist, but held out wanting the band to be included in any deal she made, her and her saxophone player. And I'm sure there was other players in there, not just a saxophone player. <laughs> she even turned down the chance to record a song by herself for the soundtrack for the Meatloaf movie, Roadie, which I'd never seen There's before. a Meatloaf movie? There's, yeah, Meatloaf's been in a bunch of movies. In other words, he starred in the movie. He was in Rocky Horror, right? Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. That's the only one. That and Fight Club are like the only ones yeah. I know. His was, name, what else was he in? He was in Fight Club? His name is yeah, Robert Paulson. Yeah, he's Robert Paulson. His name with is the man Robert boobs? Paulson. The guy with the man boobs? I don't know why the I can't remember guy. that. Bob! Oh, yeah. You know, because Bob had... I'm not going to say yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys know it. So anyway, that, uh, that's, uh, that movie was actually produced by legendary disco song crafter Giorgio Moroder. The founder of the former Musicland Studios in Munich, Germany. Oh. So that's kind of cool. It was kind of a big deal, and she still held out. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Blue Angel was eventually signed by Polydor Records and released a self-titled album on the label in 1980. Cindy hated the artwork for the record, saying it made her look like Big Bird. (laughs) (laughs) And you can look up pictures of it. It's pretty funny. Her hair is like, I mean, she always had really crazy hair, but it was like, booge. So still, Rolling Stone magazine later included it as one of the 100 best new wave album covers. Yeah, I didn't know that. So was they're a thing. putting her into new wave music. Which well, makes that's what sense they were for the time. Yeah, that's what she was. Yeah. It was like new wave, new wave mixed with like '60s stuff. It's so like Duran Duran. Yeah, that was that angry like era. Yeah, there you go. Hey, hey wow, I like Duran Duran. 
Correct. Look at you. Do you think he like goes home at night and just like randomly Googles all this stuff so he can come in? No, I think like, check this out. I think he goes home at night and cries himself to sleep. <laughs> Listening to Hunger Like the Wolf. Yeah. That's what I do. Hunger like the Wolf. Do you know another Duran Duran song? Uh Ooh. yes. Uh, Let's just say it's a movie uh, that your 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 daughter likes a lot about a parrot in the Amazon. Rio? Yep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, he was like, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Really... Okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. So, despite critical acclaim, the album sold poorly. Okay, it 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 went lead. Cindy once said, <laughs> instead lead. of going gold, it went nice. lead. Yeah, nice. And then the band broke up. The members of Blue Angel had a falling out with Masarski, a Masarski, and fired him as their manager. He later filed an eighty thousand dollars suit against them, which Ooh. forced Cindy into bankruptcy. Yikes. Yep. She then. Temporary lost her voice again due to an inverted cyst in her vocal cord. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's had a lot of problems with her voice. Yeah, she really, really has. And it sucks, too, because she, I mean, she's got such a, a great, iconic voice. You, If you put Cyndi Lauper on and someone doesn't know the song, they're going to know it's Cyndi Lauper. You yeah. Know I mean, her voice is just so original. So after Blue Angel broke up, Cyndi worked in uh, retail stores, waitressing at IHOP. I mean, why not? Which she quit after being demoted to the hostess when the manager sexually harassed her. Dude, what the hell? Yep, she, I'm telling you. And singing. She was also singing in uh, local clubs as well. Of course, she never stopped doing that. That's good. Her most frequent gigs were at uh, El Sombrero, which sounds like they have amazing chimichangas. Just gonna yeah. Say. Let's go down to El Sombrero and check Fajitas. out the chick. The Fajitas. The steak Fajitas. <laughs> What was the one on the train you guys did? I had to text Original. you because I thought it was the funniest thing. I laughed. Original. Original. I was on the highway heading to work, and I laughed so hard that people are driving by me just staring at me because I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever the heard. The original? Yeah. yeah. It was so random out of left field, and I, just, I thought it was so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, again, you know, she was playing all over the place, and music critics um, who saw her perform with Blue Angel believe she had star potential due to her Okay, she had a four-octave singing range, so that's four sets of eight. That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay, so you know an octave is, you know, eight notes. I didn't know that. I know what an octave is. It's like a, a it's a, yeah, but so no. That's eight. So if you have a four-octave singing range, that means you go, what is that, four uh, to eight, eight, 32, 32 note differential you that's, can actually go to. That's, that's pretty wild. That's crazy. crazy. That means like all of, from me to me, you know what I mean? It's nuts. I, I bet hit. you're close. Uh, I, I don't, don't even know eight, but I, I bet you're at least at least six for sure. I don't know, maybe. I would say well, she so. was four, so I, I'd probably be like I'm going to say probably about three. I'd say I'd be three. Mm, I, I Can I be point two five? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I'm negative six. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they're saying, man, she's got a great voice. She has an amazing range, and that is not an easy feat to have a four octave singing range. Then sure. in 1981, while singing in a local New York bar, Cindy met David Wolf. He took over as her manager and had her sign a recording contract with Portrait Records, a subsidiary of Epic Records. Oh, good find. Yeah, Epic is, that's a pretty good label. A big label, at least. Was it an Epic label? You (laughs) suck. (laughs) I hope people are booing their radio. On October 14th, 1983, Cindy released her first solo album, She's So Unusual. The album became a worldwide hit, peaking at number four in the U.S. and reaching the top five in eight other countries. She became extremely popular with teenagers and critics, partly due to her hybrid punk image, which was crafted by stylist Patrick uh, Lucas. And this is back when she had all the bracelets everywhere. Oh, yeah. And she had the whole, like, uh, not genie, uh, genie. What is that called when they, uh, uh, um... 
they they travel everywhere and they from Romania. What are they called? The gypsy uh, gypsies. Thank yes. you. She had a very gypsy look going on. I loved how I knew that they traveled from Romania, but I didn't know the words. <laughs> she even had that vibe in her videos, yeah, too. like the you know the the trailer and the, yeah, and very yeah. very gypsy vibe. Yeah, Cindy co wrote four songs on "She's So Unusual," including hits, uh, you know, "Time After Time," that you can hear our version of at the end of this episode and on Spotify, and "She Bop." She bop. I don't remember away. that one. She bop, dip bop, away bop. You don't know that song? I bop. Maybe dip. if I heard it's, it, it's got a really cool. It's like do 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 do. It's it's a really cool vibe. Yeah? It's got I'll this running kind of vibe too. It's. I probably heard it. I just don't. Oh, I love it. I love it. On the song she did not write, Cindy sometimes changed the lyrics, such as the case with "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," originally written and recorded by Robert Hazard, which you can find on YouTube, and it's actually pretty awesome. Not gonna lie, his version's pretty cool. It's just basically a dude singing "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." Oh yeah, but it's like, and uh, it's not really poppy. It's more rock. Yeah, it's rock pop pop. It's like a I don't know. It's cool. girls they just want to have fun. <laughs> not metal. No, it wasn't like Aww. that. It wasn't Rainy Blythe. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's, that's how it is on every um, we'll be in the car or whatever and like him and his brother and I we listen to the songs on our playlist that we yeah. share and it'll be heavy and all of a sudden you just hear Bleh! every time I'm like what is uh, that I have a new song I want to show you after oh, this is all boy. done okay. but it's literally it's so it's this guy who's very gospel-esque when he sings and he's like really like Bleh! the whole time and all of a sudden he just goes and then it starts going super heavy. And is I'm it like just Ghost? Like, no I, I it's not it's, uh, yeah I'm not a fan uh, of Ghost writing the future or something like oh, that okay. yeah well, she found the original lyrics misogynistic, so she rewrote the song as an anthem for young women. Oh, and she made an anthem. That's she did. Sure. The album includes five cover songs, including the Brain's new wave track, Money Changes Everything, uh, which I didn't know that the majority of this record were cover songs. I had no idea. I didn't know that either. I didn't know she, uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was a cover song. Yeah, I didn't know I had that. had no idea. Uh, and Prince's When You Were Mine. The album made Cindy Lauper the first female artist to have four consecutive Billboard Hot 100 top five hits from one album. The LP has stayed in the top 200 charts for over 65 weeks and sold 16 million copies worldwide. Wow. She finally made it. That is making it, folks. Yes, sir. Right there, that is making it. You could pretty much do whatever you want from that point on. You just sold 16 million copies. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're good. Can you yeah. imagine that? Like in our lifetime. Oh, yeah. I can imagine it. Will it happen? Probably not. I can imagine it, though. You never know. I know. Maybe. Maybe if our listeners would get out there and uh, support the playlist a little bit and let people know. Hey. You know, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Because How would they do that easily, Logan? Um, that's super easy. Just listen to music. Duh. <laughs> but I mean, if they want to find he's us, real, he's real good at that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, if you guys wanted to, there's a uh, there's a playlist, Icons and Outlaws. Just search it up in Spotify. On Spotify. And now that's the the group name. Here's the, the thing, which I've discovered. Yes. If you type Icons and Outlaws in Spotify, guess what pops up? You're going to get the podcast as well. Yeah. So you have to do a little reading playlist. Yeah, yeah you have to look. Which maybe we can uh, rework that a little or bit. put a different icon. Can we put a different like picture yeah. for it? Oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah, maybe make it red instead of yellow. Can, yellow. We, can, we, can we rip off Led Zeppelin's logo and just make it lo Logan? <laughs> you know the angels. Yeah, let's make it Logan. Like in the I can, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would yeah. be hilarious. So Cindy won Best New Artist at the 1985 Grammy Awards. She's So Unusual also received nominations for Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and Song of the Year for Time After Time. Wow. She wore almost a pound of necklaces at her award ceremony. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 
And it also won the Grammy for Best Album Package, which went to the art director, Janet Pear. Hmm. The video for Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Have you seen that, Logan? Yes, I have, actually. All right. It won the inaugural award, the first award, first year award for Best Female Video at the 1984 MTV Video Music Awards, making Cindy an MTV staple. Wow. So I think this was before Madonna, because wasn't Madonna like 86? It would have to be. Yeah, she would have to be before Madonna then. I yeah. look that up, because yeah, I, I, I think she popped off at like 86. Well, it would have to be, because, I mean, if she just, yeah, if she won the the first Best Female Video on That's MTV. That's what I'm saying, yeah. 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 So the video featured professional wrestling manager Captain Lou Albano as Lauper, or as Cindy's uh, father and her real-life mother, Katrine, as her mother, and also featured her attorney, her manager, her brother, uh, Butch, and her dog, Sparkle. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, Captain Lou Albano is the heavyset guy in it with the rubber bands in his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, He was, yeah. in, back when WWF, or mm. WWE was WWF, mm. he was, like, the guy. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he was so awesome. He had so much, like, charisma and stuff. He was just fantastic. Oh, actually, Madonna, she hit it big in 81. Oh, Madonna did? Yeah, and I didn't know that. I thought it was later. Hmm. Hmm. For what no, no, song? No, 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 no. I take that back. I'm sorry. It says she went solo in 1981. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about her in an upcoming episode, I'm sure. Yes, coming for you. Holiday. Sing it. You know the song Holiday? Uh, holiday. Hotel, motel, yeah. holiday. <laughs> 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 no, not that the wedding no, singer. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It would be so nice. Yeah. 1983. <laughs> So right before, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right. So uh, now Cindy was a huge wrestling fan. In 1984 to 1985, Cindy appeared on the covers of Rolling Stone magazine, Time, and Newsweek. She was everywhere. In addition, she appeared twice in the cover of People and was named a Miss Magazine Woman of the Year in 1985. Wow. She was, seriously, she was all over the place. In 1985, she participated in USA for Africa's Famine Relief Fund, raising, uh, raising single We Are the World, along with Michael Jackson uh, and pretty much everyone else. And we've talked about that on our Michael Jackson episode. Go on back and listen to that two-parter, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which has sold more than 20 million copies. Yeah. 20 middle. Now, uh, I, she didn't get a part of any of that because it all went to, you know, ah, yeah, the uh, USA for Africa. It, it was it was a fundraising thing. Right. At the Grammys in 1985, she appeared with another professional wrestler, a uh, Mr. Terry Hulk Hogan. Oh, brother. <laughs> who played her bodyguard. Okay. Now, look, this Let actually me tell you something, brother. <laughs> this Girls really just want to have fun. <laughs> time after time. So she actually got up on stage at the Grammys with him mm-hmm. as her bodyguard. And he was like, he, well, the Grammy, uh, she goes, quote, the Grammy means a lot to me, said Cindy, in the arms of Hulk Hogan after winning Best New Artist. Because, quote, I never thought I would amount to anything. I always wanted to make art. She would later make many appearances as herself in a number of the World Wrestling Federation. Remember, that's what they were called before. Yeah. The Rock and Wrestling Connection events. And I remember these. And played Wendy Richter's manager in the very first WrestleMania event. Very wow. first WrestleMania. Get out of here. Swear to God. Huh. Dave Wolf, remember we mentioned him earlier? Yeah, he was hungry like the wolf, yeah. Her manager? Yep. Right. Uh, well, that's actually her boyfriend now at this time. Oh. Was also a huge wrestling fan as a boy and helped set up the rock and wrestling connection. So they were kind of doing this. Wow. Yep, there it is. There's the picture. We got to post that up. That's awesome. Look at here, brother. This is Cindy Lauper. <laughs> Hey, I have a question. Sure. How come the Hulk's hairline has receded in the beginning of his career, but then towards the end of his career, it grows back to his eyebrows? He's got this thing called uh, Brett Michael syndrome. <clears throat> yeah, is what that is. He's yeah. actually in the news, by the way. Oh, is he? Brett Michael syndrome. Oh, can't wait for the news today. So in 1985, Cindy released the single Goonies Are Good Enough from the soundtrack to the one of the greatest movies of all time, The Goonies. 
and an accompanying video that featured several wrestling stars. The song reached 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 number ten <laughs> on the Billboard Hot Ten uh, Hot One Hundred charts. I love that movie. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, she then received two nominations at the 1986 Grammy Awards uh, for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance for What a Thrill and Best Long Form Music Video for Cindy Lauper in Paris. Wow. Now, here's a question. Do you think do you think a thanks is owed to the movie and the director and writer? What was that? Luke was it Lucas that did that? Or Spielberg? Spielberg. So do you think like the kudos and credit go to Spielberg? Because he made such a good movie that it made that song popular? Or does it go to Cindy Lauper for Making a song that fits so well with that movie, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, who, who I, gets the kudos? On I that? think Cindy does, and the reason I do is because Cindy was hot at this time. That's true. She was hot, and he's making this movie, and yeah, he's he was hot too because he he'd done was e. 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 was out already. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then what was the one with the uh, the Close Encounters? Close or, Encounters. Yeah. Uh, I th- uh, was he part? Of, yeah, he was part of Jaws, right? Spielberg? Mm, yeah. Spielberg? I believe so. I believe Maybe. So. I think so. So anyway, he had a he was doing pretty well too. But to get to the you know this is a movie based around kids kind of four kids then you bring this pop icon in who makes this really cool catchy song i think it brought more attention to the, the movie, movie than the yeah. movie brought attention to her that makes sense in, in my opinion i yeah. don't know you know what i mean uh, hand in hand because to me those are both synonymous with my childhood yeah. and i could go upstairs right now and listen to that song and watch that movie and be happy but i mean it, all, it also kind of happens nowadays too like you look at the 21 pilots and the uh what's the um the dc Oh, the movie they did for that? the With Harley Quinn and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the movie? All my friends are... Heathens. heathens. Yeah, that's what it is. 21 Pilots did Heathens. All my friends are And that was heathens. like the big hit of that movie. Yeah, what was the... Uh, it was the... What was the movie called? Was that Harley Quinn's movie? The one before that. Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's, I didn't watch it because there's a reason behind it. Ugh. Yeah, well, I'm not a DC fan. Yeah. I've watched them all. But you know what I'm saying? Like how yeah. that song made the movie and the movie made the song kind of thing. Yeah, but again, uh, I think kind of hand in hand with those two. Now... Did it make um, Twenty One Pilots more of a household name because of that movie? Oh, Absolutely, sure. they were more. They were a lot bigger part of the movie. Huh? I feel like it didn't really. They increase. were, but I mean that. No, that, that movie made them like a household. Yeah, name, that really? movie put yeah. them in the ears of everybody. Everybody, because I mean, it was on the radio constantly. Yes, if it wasn't for that song, and the video was like a montage of the movie right. clips. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So Cindy released her second album, True Colors, in 1986. Oh, I forgot about that song. It's a great one. It entered the Billboard 200 at number 42 and has sold roughly 7 million copies. Wow. Not too shabby. Not 16 million, but not too shabby. In 1986, she appeared on the Billy Joel album, The Bridge, with a song called Code of Silence. She is credited with having written uh, the lyrics with Joel, and she sings a duet with him. In the same year, Cindy also sang the theme song for Pee-wee's Playhouse. What? Credited as Ellen Shaw. She didn't actually use her real name. Huh. I think I saw this somewhere on like a TikTok. Yep, in 19... Uh, so, it, it, you guys remember Pee-wee's Playhouse. Bumped, 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 bump, bump, bump. And she's like, come in and then you don't pop a that's chair. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's her. It's Cindy yeah. Lauper. I don't remember that It's amazing. That's funny. So, in 1987, David Wolf produced a concert film called Cindy Lauper in Paris. And the concert was broadcast on HBO. This is 1986. It's still kind of early for HBO. Yeah, really. Cindy made her film debut in August of 1988 in a comedy. Okay. I want to know if either of you, I don't even know why I'm asking you, Jeff, yes. have you seen <laughs> the movie Vibes? I don't think so. Uh, it's alongside a, uh, a, a woman named Julia, uh, Julius, or Julian Sands, um, Peter Falk, who played Columbo. You know, Columbo. Yeah, he always yeah. had his eye like this and he talked like this to everybody, you know. And a uh, certain Jeff Goldblum. Oh, life finds a way. Yeah. Mm. 
and uh, she played a psychic in search of a city of gold in South America. To prepare for the role, Cindy took a few finger waving and hair setting classes. It? I have seen this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It wasn't a great movie. <laughs> it's watchable. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's 80s. It's quirky. You know, yeah. whatever. So um, she, you know, took a, a couple of classes at the, uh, the uh, Robert Fiance School of Beauty in New York and studied with a few Manhattan psychics. The film flopped and was poorly received uh, by critics, but would later be considered a cult classic. And yeah, I could see why. Like, you know, kids nowadays will go back and look at it because it's kind of, it's corny. It's about, you know, a chick who's psychic and she passes out all the time because she's having psychic visions or whatever. And Jeff Goldblum is a young Jeff Goldblum, by the way. Cindy then contributed a track called Hole in My Heart all the way to China for the Vibe soundtrack. And, uh, <laughs> but the song was actually not included in the soundtrack. Hmm. Instead, a high-energy comic action-adventure romp through a Chinese laundry video for the song was released. The song reached number uh, 54 in the U.S. charts, but did, uh, charts, charts, but did way better in Australia, reaching number eight. Wow. And have you heard that song? Um, how does it go? Uh, right now, unfortunately, I've got extreme in my head right now. <laughs> that, that hole in my heart. Um, I can't remember how it goes right off the top of my head. Uh, I can't. Uh, I'll have to see if I can remember. Look it online. Look up uh, YouTube. Just look up Hole in My Heart all the way to China. Cindy Lauper. It's a, it's a cool song. It's catchy. I'm still dumbfounded that I forgot all about True Colors. Like, that was such a huge, huge song. It is still a huge song, and we I will remember, talk about it. Uh, I don't know if you got this in your notes, but mm -hmm. when uh, was it Polaroid? One of the camera companies used it. Oh, I'm sure. Kodak or somebody. Yeah, yeah, it was one of them. At, like, yeah, I don't have that in here, but, I mean, obviously, they probably, I mean, they do that. They glamour onto something, and then, yeah, it becomes yeah. huge. But her uh, True Colors is actually bigger for a different reason, and we'll discuss that. Ha-ha. So Cindy's third album, okay, A Night to Remember, was released in 1989. The album had one hit, the number six single, I Drove All Night, originally recorded by Roy Orbison, three years before his death on December 6, 1988. Oh, that you, guy is an icon for sure. For sure. Can you name me one Roy Orbison song? I don't even know who Roy Orbison is. Uh, yeah, he, that's, that's a pretty obscure one you for would, anybody. Really? I yeah, Roy, I think so. You, pretty Woman? Pretty Woman. Wow, yeah, I know that song. I don't know. That's Roy Orbison. He was blind. He was blind. He always wore sunglasses. Well, he wasn't fully blind. Right, but yeah. I mean... Legally? Yeah, he yeah. was probably legally blind, but he wasn't like... He kind of uh, looked like a, a chubbier Elvis with glasses. Yeah. Like sunglasses on. They the called time. him the other man in black because there was Johnny Cash and there was Roy Orbison. He was actually also a part of a super group called the Traveling Woolberries with... Um, uh, one of the almonds, right? Okay, so you got George Harrison, George Harrison, Tom Petty, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. Um, I thought it was one of the, Roy Orbison, Roy Orbison, and, and who was the last was it Greg Allman? Probably. I think it, about right. I think it was. Yeah. Can you double check that real yeah. quick? Because I feel like I'm giving false information. Anyway, why would you have Bob Dylan in your super? Yeah. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Wait, it's your turn. Your verse. Bob Dylan wasn't in that. Yeah, he was. No, 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 no. Not no, not in the Traveling Wilburys. Are you sure? Double check. Let me look. All right. Ooh. I'm pretty Hold sure on. it was. What if you only had one chance, one answer, to All right, answer ready? correctly? Yep. Would you answer correctly? We have Jeff Lynn, which I think was from the Allman Brothers Band. Maybe. Maybe that's who it was. Roy Orbison. Uh-huh. Tom Petty. Uh-huh. George Harrison. Uh-huh. Uh, Jim Keltner, mm. which he's famous for something I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. know who that is. Uh... Dahani Harrison, I'm not sure who that is. That's uh, that's George Harrison's wife, I think, or son, son. one of, one of yeah, his kids, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And Bob Dylan. No. What song did he do? He was in all of them. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. 
<laughs> Which is funny because you couldn't tell the difference between him and Petty. That's what I was going to say. Maybe that's why. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. then I give my one. You I suck. suck. All right. Whatever. I am the music trivia Shut your God. face. I'm right we there with you. We know this from bonus episodes. I'm right. Oh, oh, just because of that. <laughs> don't, don't get into that. Let's do hip hop, buddy. Oh, God. Well, yeah, I could. Yeah. yeah. You think yeah, we're doing hand? 90s hip hop? Yeah. All right. All right. I got you. I want the most obscure 90s hip hop bonus episode is, is ever. Bonus? Oh, don't we're going to go head to head, baby. Head to head. All right, so um, and, um, Cindy received a Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance at the 1990 Grammy Awards for that track. Still, overall album sales for the album were down. A side note, the music video for the song My First Night Without You was one of the first to be closed captioned for the hearing impaired. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Was and, that her doing? Uh, I don't know if that was or not. I honestly have no um, idea on that one. But uh, this record only sold around 1.3 million copies. And I say only just because of the of ones prior to it. I would be happy <laughs> to sell 1.3 million copies. Right. I'd be happy to sell 1.3 thousand copies. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So due to her friendship with a familiar name here at Icons and Outlaws, a one Yoko Ono. Who's that? Who's that, Logan? Yoko Ono. Isn't that a wife of somebody? Okay. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Um, Jimmy Page. You suck. No, there's a lot, awful lot of you sucks today. Why that name sounds so familiar? It should. It's John Lennon's wife. Oh, that's probably why. I was going to say something about Who's the Beatles. Who's John Lennon? It's like Beatles, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, due to her friendship with Yoko, Cindy was a part of the May 1990 John Lennon tribute concert in Liverpool. She performed the Beatles song Hey Bulldog and the John Lennon song Working Class Hero. She was also involved in Sean Lennon's project, The Peace Choir, performing a new version of John Lennon's Give Peace a Chance. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Shortly after, the album was met with a dismal response, and she split with her boyfriend and manager, David Wolf. Cindy lived alone in a New York hotel, emotionally drained and considering suicide. Quote, I had come so far, but felt like I had failed. She wrote uh, in Cindy Lauper a memoir, which is uh, her book she put out. Memoir. Quote, I would go to the studio and then sit in my dark room and drink vodka. I had to spend most of my time alone. I was grieving. I thought the sadness would never go away. Indirectly, it was Cindy's best-known song that encouraged her to try to crawl out of her sh- just horribleness that she was in. Right. Quote, the only thing that always prevented me from suicide is that I never wanted a headline to read. Quote, girl who wanted to have fun just didn't. Oh, wow. That's dark. That, that is, is dark. Pretty, that's yeah. dark. That sounds like a metal album title. Yeah. Isn't that like, <laughs> but I mean, that's what kept her from doing that. She didn't wow, want to be a, a headline someplace that, that dark and dismal. Yeah. So on November 24th, 1991, Cindy married actor David Thornton, who's been in Home Alone 3, John Q with Denzel, and that god-awful tearjerker, The Notebook. So wait, Home Alone 3, who was he in that? Uh, I don't know. He's probably up. What's his name? Dave Thornton? David Thornton. Let me look. Yeah. Home Alone 3? Like Thornton Here's a Who. That's like, <laughs> not the... That's the one with the totally different kid yeah, in it. Yeah. Young, young kid. Yeah. So Cindy's fourth album, Hat Full of Stars, was released in June 1993 and was met with critical acclaim but failed commercially, unsupported by her label, as always seems to happen if you aren't out there making the... And again, they're a business, and if you're not making the, uh, the sales they want you to make, they stop supporting it. He yeah. looks like uh, Alec Baldwin or Billy Baldwin on meth. Ooh. Oh boy. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. He look, yeah, he looks like a Baldwin brother for like sure. On meth though. Yeah. You know, like just. Yeah. So the, the album, and this may be another reason why the uh, label was re- wasn't really into supporting it. The album tackled topics like homophobia, spousal abuse, racism, and abortion. 
So it sold fewer than 120,000 copies in the U.S. and peaked at number 112 on the Billboard charts. The album song, um, Sally's Pigeons, uh, it's a video for it, features the then-unknown Julia Stiles playing a young Cindy. Anyone know who Julia Stiles is? I can't stand her. No. No? Well, you may remember Julia from uh, the movie 10 Things I Hate About You, alongside Heath Ledger. (gasps) She's also in that one with uh, Matt Damon, where he's, where is he? He's, uh... Matt Damon. He's the super guy. Not the super guy, but he's the CIA's chief. Oh, um, uh, the, unborn, uh, the born, born, born yeah. supreme. Or she's the yeah, born identity. She's the girl that he falls in love with. In all Wait, movies. that's her? Yeah. Why don't I know? She doesn't look familiar to me. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I love that movie, though. Ten things I hate about you. So in 1993, Cindy... <laughs> Sorry, I just love that movie. <laughs> Are we... <laughs> that was... Okay. All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Why is that interesting? It's an amazing movie. It's first of all, it's it's well beyond your. Well, no, is it? No, that's probably in his wheelhouse. Yeah, that's in his wheelhouse. Okay, I just grew up with it. No, 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 that's early two thousands, dude. Is it really? For sure, that's got to be like two thousand. I'm gonna say ninety eight, ninety nine. I mean, I've seen it like two thousand, two thousand one, maybe. I got you. Things. Oh boy, about you is a ninety nine American romantic comedy. Wow. Okay. I said ninety nine. I'm so smart. That means you were four. Yeah. Look, the first movie I remember. All right. There you go. All right. So Cindy returned to acting in 1993, playing Michael J. Fox's ditzy secretary in the movie Life with Mikey. I remember that now. Do you? Yeah. I don't remember that movie. Yeah. I, I do. do not. Oh, that's crazy. She also won an Emmy Award for her role as Marianne Lagasso in the hugely popular sitcom Mad About You with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. Hmm. Do you know who Paul Reiser is? He's a guy. Dr. Owens. He's Dr. Owens from Stranger Things. I've never seen Stranger Things. Oh, my God. Why are you even here? <laughs> Jesus. You never watched? No. Really? Yeah. I don't you ever like... seen Aliens? The movie? Yep. Yes. He's the guy that tries to trap the alien to sell it, to bring it back. Oh, fuck. Okay. With the vest? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. On November 19th, 1997, Cindy gave birth to her son, uh, Declan Wallace Lopper Thornton, who is now a trap rapper. What the hell is a trap yeah, rapper? Uh, you can actually look him up online. I need to know this, too, because I, I see a lot of this trap stuff. What does that mean? I, it's just a style of, of, of hip-hop where I believe, and you can... You it's know, not like the mumble rap, No, is it's it? like a dubstep fusion, isn't it? It's like... What do you mean? Like, trap, the music quality of, like, what, what trap is... Because I've heard of, like, trap-hop or trip-hop right. or something. It like, says... What, well, trip-hop is a little different than trap. Yeah. Trip hop's like that acid stuff or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So trap is a subgenre of hip hop music that originated in the southern United States during the early 2000s. The genre gets its name from the Atlanta slang word trap, a house used exclusively to sell drugs. <laughs> Jeff's face. Right <laughs> I, 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 I guess. I His face is just like. <laughs> What? <laughs> so it's drug rap. All right, cool. So we're going to make a uh, music genre around that? Okay. Uh, well, it's uh, it says trap music uses synthesized drums and is characterized by complex hi-hat, pa- hi-hat patterns, tuned kick drums with a long decay. Okay. Here's a secret. So it's an 808 drum machine, basically. Here's a secret. Everything is synthesized drums these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so lyrical content that often, often, often focuses on drug use and urban violence. That's what trap is. Oh, okay. And now you know. So I need, her, I need son, that. her son is. He's a trap rapper. Yeah, yeah. You can actually look him up. Yeah. So um, her fifth album, Sisters of Avalon, was released in Japan in 1996 and uh, worldwide in 1997. And uh, unfortunately, just like Hat Full of Stars, or not unfortunately, sorry, some songs on Sisters of Avalon addressed darker themes. The song Ballad of Cleo and Joe addressed the complications of a drag queen's double life. The song Say a Prayer was written for a friend who had died from AIDS. 
Unhook the Stars was used in the movie of the same name. Again, without support from her label, okay? Because obviously they don't want to touch any, you know, social um, uh, uh, social points. Ris- risque. Ris- yeah, whatever. Boy, I couldn't even think of a word there. I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> use points, points! Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whatever. So, of course, they didn't want to. So the release failed in America, spending a week on the Billboard album chart at number 188. This album also received much critical praise, including People Magazine, which declared it, quote, 90s nourishment for body and soul. Lauper sets a scene, makes us care, gives us hope. Let's just say it. Her label sucks, all right? Yeah. And she's trying to use her music to, like, you know, make a... She, she's, make a statement? Make a statement, here's yeah. The, here's the problem. So the label scooped her up thinking girls just want to have fun, millions of dollars, millions of dollars, poppy, poppy, Pop, anthems. Bubblegum, 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 bubblegum. Exactly. Bubble gum. Yep. And she's wanting to do, like, meaningful music now at this point right. in her career. And they're like, and nah. They're like, no, we want money. Right. So and that's, that's and it happens a lot. Oh, for sure. I mean, so, hell, look at uh, look at the Beatles. Beatles, a perfect yeah. example. They started off doing you know pop, 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 and then it's like, well, let's change things. Well, every band, but I guess they were still the, huge. And this is where you come to the sellout. Oh, they sold out. Yeah. You know, like Limp Bizkit and all those right. other bands. Like I know, like Limp Bizkit comes out with three dollar bill, y'all. It's amazing. And then they were trying to inform us about Nookie and give us this heart warm, you know, what we should be, you know, worried about in yeah. wor- the world. And everyone just and fell Fred apart. starts singing. Like, why, why are you singing? I know. <laughs> but this happens with a lot of bands. This happens with a lot of bands that they get coined into. Like, look, yeah. look at Aaron Lewis. Yeah. When Stain first came out, they they threw down. Man, they were amazing. Oh, Mud Shovel. <laughs> they were awesome. That and whole then, record. Next thing you know, they find out that this guy can sing and he can sing good by himself. And now. You got Nickelback. Every single song. It's yeah. It's like Nickelback. Every single song now. Yeah, he's also another one though that's very like political with his stuff now. Because yeah. he's he's uh, switched to country, and uh, yeah, why do people do that? By the way? It's I mean, just it's you know I don't a quick it, fallback thing. I guess. Not only that, but country's popular, extremely popular. I feel like singing country is, it country is relatively easy to, or is it pop music? Well, it's pop country. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. Let's just call it what it is. It's not country it's western crap. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, all, all uh, opinions are are based solely on Jeff's opinions there. Yes. So if you happen to be a crap listener, I mean a uh, country listener, you no, tell me one good country pop song, and I'll show you a song that can destroy it in two seconds. Um, uh, easy. Yeah, but that's 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 all uh, relative, oh, though. That's, that's all you know. It's opinionated, ba- opinionated, oh. opinion based. So you know what you like and what someone else doesn't like. You know what I mean? As far as I'm concerned, like, I know subject, people that hate Deftones, dude. Oh, I know, but I'm as far as I'm concerned on the subject of country. Mm-hmm. Darius Rucker mm-hmm. is amazing. Of course, but he wasn't originally country. Brad Paisley mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'll even give it to Keith Urban because he's really talented. Yeah, he is. I like his brother better, but go ahead. Other than that. Speaking of which, I, my, I have a cousin who's a drummer for Keith Urban. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Other than that, <laughs> the rest is just garbage to me. Like that Florida Georgia line is all crap. It's oh, yeah. All, it's, it's all. all how it's, is Florida Georgia line crap? It's because it's, it's poppy it's, crap. No, hold on. It's if, a bunch of guys in tattoos. No, 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 like, no, no, hey, no, no, no. Country? Original Florida Georgia line was awesome because they were very like vocal and then they sold out and started doing stuff. I don't know. Maybe Nelly and a stuff. generational thing for me because like I just think you don't like country. Was Randy Travis. And Patsy See, Klein. That's country western, though. Things yeah. have changed and everything. There are still those out there. Like, have you ever heard uh, Wheeler Walker Jr.? No. You ever heard him? No. Just do, everyone out there, do yourselves a favor. Um, go on to Spotify, find Wheeler Walker Jr., and just play his top three songs. And don't do it in front of children. And then let us know what you think about it. Because uh, he is extremely vulgar, but he's country western. I mean, he's bad. Yeah. He's got a song called F-U-B. Oh yeah, boy. it's it's like you broke my heart, 
F U B. It's it's messed up, but it's hilarious. I just I guess I just don't understand the whole. And I try to have an open mind. You know me. I like a lot of different stuff, man. Like, yeah. I just well, I don't I, understand it. I guess I'll put it in this way from a different kind of context. Um, take the musicality out of it. Um, take like if you you know you said it's easier to sing. Yeah. In which in maybe some of it is, and maybe it's easier to play. Maybe some of it is, but some of those country uh, guitarists are crazy. Well, that's why I said Brad Paisley's. Yeah, Paisley. Have you nuts, ever dude. tried playing any country song on Guitar Hero? Like, dude, it's like one of the highest difficulties possible. Well, my point is, is that I think maybe it's more accepting to have a political or religious point of view and be able to have those so- social um, points that you want to make yeah. in country versus. It, it's accepted over there. Yeah. I think I know what it is for me. Personally. I think that's what it is. I think for me personally, I like groove. I like rhythm, right. rhythm and groove, and there right. is none in pop country. Yeah, yeah, there I is none. It, it's mostly cookie cutter crap that's all done by the same guys, and it all has the exact same format, but and like, the exact same right. vocal melodies. And yeah. nowadays, it the sucks. emphasis, the emphasis on that music is the lyrics yeah. and the singing. Whereas I like groove, rhythm, and music, like the music part of it. And to me, that's why I call it crap because it's just it's three chord, it's three chord, just right. You know, and and, and again, your opinion totally. You, yeah. know, you can have your opinion, but uh, I actually enjoy some country. Yeah, not really the new stuff nowadays, but like you know the older stuff, dude. I Shania Twain was amazing. Yeah, I would listen to Shania, Shania Twain all day long. I like cute. Yeah. You know, yeah. and plus, you know what else country music has, and for all you single guys out there, country music has a lot of girl fans. A lot. Yeah. Or should I say women fans? Because girls sounded weird. Um, a lot of women fans. So Would if you, you ever they, go they to... They just want to have fun. They, of course they do. If you ever go to a country concert, mm-hmm. I'm going to say 80% of them are going to be women. Well, and they're going to be in cowboy hats with their cowboy boots and their little Daisy Duke shorts on not, or whatever. Not to jump completely off the bridge here or anything. But when it comes to like the male country singers, though, when they all like, they have this like really deep, raspy voice when they sing, like it kind of just sends little goosebumps down, you know? No? So you don't go to there for the girls, <laughs> is what you're saying. I like some of the songs. <laughs> <laughs> so back to Cindy over here. Which we, we're going to circle back to country, by the way. Oh, so on boy. January 17, 1999, Cindy appeared as an animated version of herself in The Simpsons. Uh, in her episode, Wild Barts Can't Be Broken. She sang the national anthem to Girls Just Want to Have Fun Melody. Nice. <laughs> this is amazing. That same year, she opened for Cher's Do You Believe Tour. Do you believe? God. <laughs> alongside Wild Orchid. Yeah, that group with a very young Fergie in it. Wait, what? Yeah, you didn't know that? Fergie was know in that Wild either. Orchid? Fergalicious was in uh, Wild Orchid, yeah. Wow. That's I love bef- before she came into the uh, Black, Ma- Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas. And, and before she peed her pants on stage. Yes. Yeah, happens. Black Eyed Peas originally had a, a different singer, and their uh, one of their first singles that came out, and I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. I love that song. After yeah, that, I wasn't yeah. a fan of Black Eyed Peas, but it's like an old, it's like a like Don't true. Like Stop the Party or something like that? It's something like that. Yeah, no, yeah. it's The Weeknd. The Weeknd? When The Weeknd comes, The Weeknd comes. Oh, yeah, Y'all, yeah, yeah. your mama come and your papa come. Dude, it's it's awesome. Yeah. I wish I could play it right now because it's just such a great song. You just did. Even the hook <laughs> is awesome in it. So anyway. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Cindy also appeared in the films Mrs. Parker in the Vicious Circle and The Opportunists. In addition, she contributed to the soundtrack of the 2000 animated film Rugrats in Paris, the movie, <gasps> performing the song I Want a Mom That Will Last Forever. Aww. Aww. I love the Rugrats. In August 12th, 2000. Why did you sound like the creepy dude from. <laughs> <laughs> sound like the old guy from Family yeah, Guy? Yeah, it wasn't him, Rupert. Yeah. Is that his name? <laughs> Herbert. Yeah. Herbert, that's his name. Yeah. Popsicle. <laughs> 
That's pretty good. Oh, boy. Add it to the wish hole. Yeah, you got to get the in there. What a popsicle. Yeah, a little better. There you go. So in uh, October of 2012, um, or October 12th, 2000, uh, Cindy took part in the television show Women in Rock, Girls with Guitars, performing with Ann Wilson of Heart, Ooh. and with the girl group Destiny's Child with the Queen Bee herself. Wow. A CD of the songs performed was released exclusively to Sears stores from September 30th to October 31st, 2001, and was marketed as a fundraiser for breast cancer. What is Sears? That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty much. You're, you're dead on yeah, with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's called Amazon killed it is what yes. happened. Yeah, because like all the all of you know our father's generation are all kicking themselves in the ass for buying all those tools with the lifetime guarantee. Yeah, now Sears yeah. is gone. Sears is gone now. Yeah. They're like, what am I going to do with all those craftsmen stuff? Yeah. Did you know that Sears, so Sears and Roebuck back in the day, mm-hmm. um, it was at, started back in what was it late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. You could buy houses, yeah, on there. Anything you wanted to buy, you could buy they at Sears. Doing that in nineteen fifties, I think, is when they stopped doing that. Whatever it was, because they literally would send out ads to your house so you can buy them. Yeah, they it's were just crazy. You built them yourself. They just dropped a big ass pallet off and you just built it. How amazing would that be? Yeah, yeah, I need a new house. Hey Sears, <laughs> yeah. can I get a two bedroom, two bath? Do you mind? I just think that's kind of cool. That'd be awesome, actually. So in 2002, Sony issued a best of CD, The Essential Cindy Lauper. Cindy also released a cover album uh, with uh, Sony Epic Records entitled At Last, formerly Naked City, which was released in 2003. At Last received one nomination at the 2005 Grammy Awards for Best Instrumental uh, Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocalist Whew, for, for Unchained Melody. The, uh, the uh, effort was also a commercial hit, selling 4.5 million records wow. for doing a bunch of covers. That's pretty good. Hmm. Hmm. I know, right? <laughs> hmm. Anyway. One day. Yeah, but one day. <laughs> In April 2004, Cindy performed during VH1's benefit concert, Divas Live 2004, alongside Ashanti, Gladys Knight, love me some Gladys Knight, Jessica Simpson, not so much, yeah. Joss Stone, and Patti LaBelle. This event supported the Save the Music Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to restoring instrumental music education in America's public schools and raising awareness about the importance of music as part of each child's complete education. I'm going to get in touch with them, by the way. Oh, yeah? I would love to have them a part of the show and us, like, maybe we do, like, some donation thing for Save the Music. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome because I feel like we need more of that in schools and they're taking it away. For sure. And music is such a fundamental part of at least my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if they'll take Jessica Simpson, they'll take us, right? <laughs> Very true. So, yeah, well, we're going to reach out to uh, the Save the Music Foundation. So she made appearances on Showtime's hit show, Queers Folk, in 2005, directed a commercial for the totally 80s edition of the board game Trivial Pursuit in 2006, served as a judge in the 6th Annual Independent Music Awards, and made her Broadway debut in the Tony-nominated The Three Penny Opera playing Jenny. Busy woman. Oh, yeah. Busy, busy, wow. busy. In addition, she performed with Shaggy. Nice. Jackie, it wasn't me. <laughs> Bombastic. I'm Mr. Bombastic. Now you fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't. Yeah, he yeah. didn't do it. It wasn't me, was it? Yeah, yeah that was him. Yeah. yeah, that was him. That was Shaggy. Yeah. It, was, it yeah. wasn't me. Yeah. yeah. Well, because there was a there was another guy who was doing the singing parts and yeah. he was doing the. the... <laughs> I hate that song just because it totally promotes just cheating and it's just horrible. I hate the song. I mean, I hate the premise of the song, but I like yeah. the song. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. So uh, she also performed with Scott Weiland. Ooh. Um, what bands were Scott Weiland in? A Logan. It's not Led Zeppelin, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, we just did it. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, right? Yeah, yeah, good job, as well as Velvet Revolver. Oh, also God. played with uh, Pat Monahan of Train, Andy DeFranco, and the Hooters in the VH1 Classics uh, special Decades Rock Live. Not a fan of Train. Never really? Happened. Yeah. I, I, I like old they Train. They are talented. I like old Train. I will give them the talent, but I just it's not my thing. I like it's them too be- Dave Matthews for me. 
Oh, yeah. See, their old stuff I loved because it was just like that kind of like country lighter rock. But then they were like, hey, let's be pop. And I'm like, meh. So I'm, I'm out after that. In 2006, uh, she sang Message to Michael with Dionne Warwick and Bee Charmer with Nellie McKay on McKay's Pretty Little Head album. So she's all over the place. On October 16, 2006, Cindy was inducted into the Long Island Music Hall of Fame. In 2007, she served as a guest performer on the song Lady in Pink oh. on an episode of the Nick Jr. show, The Backyardigans. What? I figured he knew that. See me look at him when I, yeah, when I yeah. said that? He <laughs> was shocked, <laughs> too. That's awesome. Her sixth studio album, uh, Bring You to the Brink, was released in the U.S. on May 27th of 2008. Regarded as one of her best works when it was released, the Songwriters Hall of Fame has regarded the album track High and Mighty as one of her essential songs. The album would be Cindy's last release to date of original material. This is back in 2008, so no more original material. In addition to her, uh, being her last for Epic Records, her label since her 1983 debut, you know, the one with all the great hits on it. So the album debuted at number 41 on the Billboard 200 with 12,000 copies sold. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it's more a- than we got right now. So I mean- <laughs> 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 it's pretty good. Yeah. So in other words, shut the fuck up, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, just yeah. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> so other projects for 2008 included the True Colors Tour and a Christmas duet with Swedish band The Hives entitled A Christmas Duel. Huh. Yeah. The song was released as a CD single and a 7-inch vinyl in Sweden. Cindy also performed on Girls' Night Out, headlining it with Rosie O'Donnell. Sorry, I had to get that out. You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Oh, my God. On November November 17, 2009, Cindy performed with Wyclef Jean in a collaboration called Slumdog Millionaire on The Late Show with David Letterman. Oh, in January 2010, Mattel released a Cindy Lauper Barbie doll as part of their Ladies of the 80s series. What? That's kind of cool. I know. That's I kind of wish I had that, yeah, to be really. honest with you. I would totally have that. <laughs> I'm just not even joking. I would no, collect that. Definitely. That's cool. Cindy yeah. Lauper, for sure. Heck yeah, man. In March of 2010, Cindy appeared in NBC's The Celebrity Apprentice with then future president, a <gasps> Donald I Trump. I remember that. I watched that. Hey, I forgot hey. all about that. You fired. You fired. You fired. <laughs> she came in sixth place on that one. Oh. So in Cindy's seventh studio album, Memphis Blues, it was released on June 22, 2010, and debuted on the Billboard Blues Albums charts at number one and at number 26 on the Billboard Top 200. The album remained number one on the Blues Albums charts for 14 consecutive weeks. Memphis Blues was nominated for Best Traditional Blues Album at the 2011 Grammy Awards. According to the Brazilian daily newspaper O Globo, the album had sold 600,000 copies worldwide by November of 2010. In addition, Cindy set out on her most expensive tour ever, or extensive, not expensive, extensive tour, the Memphis Blues Tour, which had more than 140 shows. Was that the one you went to? Mm, no, that was 2010. I just went a couple years ago. Yeah, I thought, oh, okay. Yeah, it was just a I few years ago. No, no, no. Yeah, no, that was a different tour that she did. It was amazing, by the way. Yeah. It's just amazing. And I have seen her live, which is kind of cool to say. Yeah. She's so good. So good live. So much energy okay. for being her age and just nailing every song she was singing and still has that accent when she talks to people. Nice. You know, she's very, still got that Brooklyn thing going on, except it's really high pitched. I can't get that high. <laughs> So Cindy then made international news in March 2011 for an impromptu performance of Girls Just Want to Have Fun while waiting for a delayed flight at Aero Park uh, Jorge Newberry in Buenos Aires. A video was later posted on YouTube. So yeah, while she's there at the airport, she's saying Girls Just Want to Have Fun. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, you got these guys just walking, you know, rock stars or whatever, walking in with their glasses like, leave me alone. 
She's like getting an entire airport to sing. Girls just want to have fun with her. Can you imagine? I feel like that's like the uh, the safety dance thing going on. She's just running around the airport. <laughs> Girls just want to have fun. Like the whole Dude, time? The safety dance video is by far <laughs> the best video of all time. And it's one of the most 80s thing of all time. By yeah. far. That and Devo. Yeah. Yeah. Those two right there are the... If, if aliens came down and they were like, what was music like in the 80s? You play um, yeah. Yeah, the safety dance and yeah. Devo... And that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So in uh, November 2011, she released two Christmas singles ex- exclusive to iTunes. The first release was a blues-inspired cover of Elvis Presley's classic, Blue Christmas. It's gonna be a blue Christmas without you. You know that one? No, I should have so. heard it. You had to have. No, I know White Christmas. That's like one of my favorite Christmas songs. If we could that's play Bing Crosby. It, if yeah, we could yeah. play it, you would be like, yeah, oh, you'd yeah, know. It. Yeah. It, trust me, it's a big one. A blue. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> Close. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and the second was a new version of Home for the Holidays, a duet with Nora Jones. Nora Jones is amazing, by the way. Great voice, man. She's amazing. In June 2012, Cindy made her first appearance for WWE. Nice. Formerly WWF. In 27 years to promote WWE Raw's 1,000th, 1,000th, 1,000th. Daffy Duck? Yeah. Shocker. (laughs) Their 1,000th episode to memorialize Captain Lou Albano, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, because he was in the the video, right? Yeah. In September 2012, Cindy performed at uh, at fashion designer Betsy Johnson's 40-year retrospective fashion show, she also released a New York Times bestselling memoir, which I mentioned earlier, Cindy Lauper, a memoir, which detailed her struggle with child abuse and depression. Cindy then composed music and lyrics for the Broadway musical Kinky Boots, with Harvey Firestein writing, writing the actual book. The musical was based on the 2006 independent film Kinky Boots. Okay, The musical tells the story of Charlie Price. Having inherited a shoe factory from his father, Charlie forms an unlikely partnership with cabaret performer and drag queen Lola to produce a line of high-heeled boots and save the business. Kinky. That's Kinky Boots. Huh. And it's been revered forever. I've never seen it. I I don't really know anything about it, but everyone says it's amazing. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. So it opened in Chicago in October of 2012 and uh, on Broadway at the Al Hershen Theater on April 4th, 2013. She won Best Score for Kinky Boots in May at uh, the 63rd Annual Outer Critic uh, Critics Circle Awards. The musical led the 2013 Tony Awards wow. with 13 nominations and six wins. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good, yeah. Including Best Musical and Best Actor. In addition, she won the award for Best Original Score. Cindy was the first woman to win solo in this category. First woman ever to do it. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm telling you, she broke a lot of bar, uh, boundaries and yeah, stuff. Really. She's just amazing. After a six-year run and 2,507 regular shows, Kinky Boots ended its Broadway Broadway run on April 7, 2019. It is the 25th longest-running Broadway musical in history, and it grossed uh, $297 million on Broadway. That's a lot of money. That's some, that's some scratch. A little bit. That there's some scratch. I like that. Yeah. In the summer of 2013, celebrating the 30th anniversary of her debut album, She's So Unusual, Cindy embarked on an international tour covering America and Australia. They love her in Australia. The show consisted of a mix of fan favorites and the entirety of the uh, She's So Unusual record, which would have been awesome to see. She stated, quote, It's been such an amazing year for me when I realized it's also the anniversary of the album that started my solo career. I knew it was the perfect time to thank my fans for sticking with me through it all. I'm so excited to perform She's So Unusual from beginning to end, song by song, and can't wait to see everyone. The tour grossed over a million bucks. Not too shabby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's grossed, too. So that means take home. So not too bad. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yep. She was a guest on 36 Dates of Cher's Dress to Kill tour. So she's back out with Cher. Do you believe? Anyway, starting April 23rd. I always the- think of Will Ferrell <laughs> in that. Was that movie? Oh, oh, oh. When they're- oh my God. Um, 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 you know what I'm talking about? Land of the Lost. Yeah, and he's yeah. got that orb thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Him and the other guy. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Ken. Uh, Ken oh, what the hell's his name? I can't remember the damn, the guy's name now. But anyway, they, they found the uh, the big thing, and he was like, oh, touch this. It shakes. And they're like, uh, and then they start going, do you believe? <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, and so in addition, a new album was confirmed by her in a website interview. Okay. Cindy hosted the Grammy pre-telecast at the Nokia Theater LA on January 26th and later that year, accepting a Grammy for Kinky Boots for Best Musical Theater Album. Still winning awards for this. That's awesome. On April 1st, um, Cindy released the 30th anniversary edition of She's So Unusual through Epic Records. Man, I wish I had this. I'll tell you why. It featured, it featured a remastered version of the original album, plus three new mixes, or remixes. The deluxe edition featured bonus tracks such as demos, a live recording, and a 3D cutout of the bedroom featured in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun music video. That's pretty dope. With a reusable sticker set. That's pretty dope. Like a, what was the color form? Yeah, it's probably, yeah, yeah I would imagine. Yeah. Where you could- yeah, of course it would be. It's Cindy Lauper. Yeah, it better be. Yeah, 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 yeah. On September 17th of 2014, Cindy sang on the finale of America's Got Talent. Then on September 25th, as part of the Today's Show Shine a Light series, she re-recorded True Colors in a mashup with Sarah Barry Alice's Brave to raise awareness and money for children battling cancer. By October, the project had raised over $300,000. Wow. Wasn't that song in one of her other ones in the Trolls movie? Didn't they redo it for the Trolls movie? They well, may have. Yeah, Trolls just want to have fun, yeah. Oh, but, I mean, didn't they do True Colors, too? Yes, they did. Yeah, that's the duet What's her name? Anna uh, Kendrick. Anna Kendrick. Did it. Yeah. And uh, uh, Justin Timberlake, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that. I thought that was in that movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yes, yes. The Songwriters Hall of Fame added Cindy to its nomination list in October of 2014. Also, her fourth consecutive Home for the Holidays benefit concert for homeless gay youth was announced in October. Acts included 50 Cent and Laverne Cox, with 100% of the net proceeds going to True Colors United. Mm-hmm. In July 2015, she announced a project with uh, producer Seymour Stein. She later told Rolling Stone it was a country album co-produced by Tony Brown. Yep, told you, buddy. <laughs> Full circle. On September 15th, 2015, Kinky Boots opened at the Adelphi Theater in London's West End, so now it's over in London. London. Yeah. In January 20, uh, 2016, Cindy announced she would release a new album on May 6, 2016. This record was made up of her interpretations of early country classics entitled Detour. So it's a country cover album that she kind of made her own thing of. The yeah, announcement... Steven Tyler how country went for him. Yo, without... Bleh, that, was, that was bad. He, he went country? Yeah, well, he, he at least put he a single like out. A I don't month. Know. Yeah, I saw... I heard the single and watched the video, and I'm just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, nah, mm-mm. Mm-mm. The announcement was supported by a release of her version of Harlan Howard's Heartaches by the Number and a performance on Skyville Live with Kelsey Ballerini and Ingrid Michelson. Then on February 17, 2016, she released her version of Wanda Jackson's Jackson's Funnel of Love, which is just, I don't even know how to take that song title. (laughs) I don't. Funnel of Love? (laughs) Like, I just... I don't know how to. I, would, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> in February of 16, 2016, Cindy was nominated for an Olivier Award for contributing to the UK production of the play Kinky Boots again, along with Stephen Oramus, the man in charge of the arrangements. Hmm. In January 2017, this production's album was nominated for the Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album, still winning awards. Yeah, she's just cleaning house. Crazy all this stuff. Crazy. 
In May of 2016, she was featured on Swipe to the Right from Electronica 2, The Heart of Noise, an electronic album. Wow. Yeah, she, she actually did this. The second album of the Electronica Project is based on collaborations with artists like Tangerine Dream, Moby, Pet Shop Boys, and many more. Wow. Yeah, that might like be something Moby. you might want to check yeah. out. Moby's yeah. cool. Because I, like I know you're into the whole electronic thing. God. Right? I mean, kind yeah. of. In October 2016, her son Dex Lauper was the opening act for her in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada for her dates on her detour tour. How do you think that went over? Mm. Trap music and then Cindy Lauper playing country right after. Oh, probably would have been an amazing show. It's pretty wild there. That's that's a <laughs> it's a mashup right there. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a, a mashup. Of, if they were giving free drinks away, I'm sure it wouldn't find spiked with something <laughs> else. <laughs> right. In January of 2017, Cindy was featured in Austin City Limits 42nd season, performing some classic bangers alongside some of her country tunes from the Detour album. The episode actually aired on PBS. And in March of 2018, it was announced that Cindy and co-Time After Time songwriter Rob Hyman would compose the score for the musical version of the 1988 film Working Girl. Do you remember that movie? Mm, I remember 9 to 5, but I don't remember Working Girl. Working Girl. Uh, it's the movie that starred Melanie Griffith and Sigourney Weaver. Ooh. Who was the guy in that? Ugh, was it? it wasn't Richard Gere. There's no way. They would not put Richard Gere in that after Pretty Woman. Um... Was it the guy that was president in, in uh, Independence Day? No, maybe Bill Bill Pullman. Pullman is that his name? Yeah, was that him? I don't was think. So. I don't know. <laughs> I or don't was know. it Harrison Ford? It might. Oh yeah, it, it, was it, it Harrison Harrison, Ford? I think it was Harrison. Okay, Ford. so I have seen that then. Yeah. So basically, Melanie Griffith was a uh, uh, she was a, a, a lady of the night. Okay. Okay. Do you know what that means, Logan? A prostitute. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we don't call them that. <laughs> Yes! We call them, now they're, what's the official title? Escorts. Uh, sex workers now, I believe is what they're called, oh. right? Isn't that what they're called? Yes. Or wh whatever it is. And then she came into an office setting or whatever, I believe is what happened. So it was basically like... It's like Pretty Woman, but in an office, office basically. Yeah, yeah. Huh. She teamed up with, uh, Cindy here, teamed up with Hyman, because um, the, the guy we were talking about here, the songwriter here, because she wanted the, the music to sound like, uh, like the 80s. Mm -hmm. And the musical would be staged by uh, Tony Award winner Christopher Ashley. A de uh, developmental um, production premiere of the musical is a musical is planned for, they say last year to this year, but I haven't seen anything about it. I've looked online and I couldn't find anything. Go yeah. For Grand and Road, Cindy exclusively designed her own Christmas collection. Cindy Lauper loves Christmas, and she is a huge fan of Christmas. By the way, available um, from se uh, September of 2018. Quote: I've always loved Christmas. It reminds me to find some happiness in the little things. She said. Do you think she likes the Mariah Carey song? Probably not. I'm I, yeah, <laughs> they just they got to stop playing that song, dude. I've worked in the mall Ugh. and retail. I can't for too believe long. that that's like the number one out of all time. Like it beats Bean Crosby. I mean, all time. Yeah, I don't know why. Mariah, I don't get it. Is a uh, star. Yeah, she's something. And we'll talk about her one of these days. Yeah, so, can't wait for you to do one of her songs. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do something cool. Yeah, I'll do like Dream Lover or something. That's a great song. Either that or what's what was her first one where she hit that super high? The whistle. <laughs> oh god, that super high note. No, no. <laughs> I'm gonna bypass that one. Yeah. It sounds like she's screaming basically. And the, like, you guys are gonna be posting the next day. Um, we're sorry, but um, Jonathan has died. <laughs> um, he tried to hit that Mariah Carey note and his head exploded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, her annual Home for the Holidays concert at the Beacon Theater in New York was held on December 8, 2018. Cindy then guest starred playing a lawyer in an episode of the reboot of the television series Magnum P.I. Oh, Magnum P.I. Yeah, the episode titled Sudden Death aired on October 22, 2018. On November 15, 2018, Bill I. Billboards, the billboards, you know, 
uh, website, whatever, mm-hmm. announced that Cindy would receive the Icon Award mm-hmm. at the Billboard's 13th annual Women in Music event on December 6th in New York City. Wow. According to Billboard's editorial director, Jason Lipschutz, quote, the entire world recognizes the power of Cindy Lauper's music, and just as crucially, she has used her undeniable talent to soar beyond music, create positive change in modern society, and become a true icon. Absolutely. Oh, show. The song Together was featured in the Canadian computer animated film Race Time, uh, released in January 2019. Hmm. Originally written and performed by uh, in French by Dumas, ah. Cindy performed the English translation in the English version of the film, initially titled Le Course de Tuc. Yeah? You like that? That was pretty that good. That is pretty good. Le yeah. Course de Tuc. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, French listeners. Uh, on January 26th of 2019, she performed at the opening ceremony of Stonewall 50, World Pride, New York City, 2019, backed by the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra. Cindy played two concerts on July 12th and 13th at the iconic Hollywood Bowl. That'd be awesome to hear her in front of a whole orchestra. Oh, can you imagine? In September 2019, it was announced that Cindy would star alongside Jane Lynch in the new Netflix comedy series described as kind of the Golden Girls for today. However, as of March of, well, actually, as of right now, I looked for it. There's nothing, no updates or anything on there. That would have been pretty awesome. That would be pretty cool. I looked for it and I couldn't find anything, so... On April uh, 23rd of 2020, Cindy participated in an online fundraising concert to raise money for the LGBTQ nightlife workers who struggled financially because of the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Her finale was her uh, her performing True Colors. The show was initiated by the Stonewall Inn Give uh, Stonewall Inn Gives Back nonprofit organization of the historic Greenwich Village Gay Bar. So she's really into the LGBTQ community and gay rights and everything else, which nice. is amazing. Yeah. In November of 2020, she duetted with four former Top 10 American Idol finalist Casey Abrams on a cover version of the song Eve of Destruction. I don't, no know, who, I don't know who that is. I, the name sounds awfully familiar. Yeah, I, I don't know who uh, that is. I, I, I didn't even look that one up. No offense. <laughs> no offense to Casey, whoever that is. Uh, I was just I mean, let's be honest. There's been like, what, 40 American Idols? Yeah. And, like, we're over it. Yeah, dog. <laughs> So, in November of last year, Shay Diamond featured Cindy as a guest vocalist on the track Blame It on Christmas, an official video was released in December. She then performed at this year's Music Cares Person of the Year tribute show honoring folk icon Joni Mitchell on uh, April 1st. Yeah. That's crazy. She's still performing. It was announced in May this year that Allison Elwood would direct a career retrospective documentary about Cindy and her life. The project is already in production but does not yet have a release date. Let the Canary Sing will be the title of this career-spanning documentary produced by Sony Music Entertainment. So it's not a biopic. It's an actual documentary. It's a documentary, yeah. which is going to be cool. Yeah. She's still killing it after all these years. Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. So just a, a couple little final things here. She's so unusual, ranked number 487 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time in 2003. Hmm. In addition, the album ranked number 41 on Rolling Stone's Women Who Rock, the 50 greatest albums of all time in 2012. Time After Time has been covered by over 100 artists. We're one of them. Wow. Yep. And was ranked at number 22 on Rolling Stone's 100 Best Songs of the Past 26 Years. It is a great Tw- song. 25 years. I don't know why I said 26. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be obscure, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. The last 27.3 years. <laughs> and four months. And in four months, six days, seven hours, and hold on, what time is it? Five minutes. Yes. And it also, time after time, uh, was uh, number 19 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s. Nice. Of course it is. It's, it's a, a classic song. Yeah, time after time. She-Bop, this is awesome, by the way, and I didn't know about this. 
She Bop, the third single from She's Unusual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remember me talking about that? Oh, yeah. She Bop, Be Bop, Play Bop. And I told you you got to listen to it. We're going to listen to it when we get done with this, okay, Jeff, yeah, just so you can hear the. I'm sure I've heard it, but it's just been. It's amazing. So it is the first and only top 10 song to directly mention a gay porn magazine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just weird. That is weird. It's just weird. In Ode to Masturbation, it was included in the PMRC's Filthy 15 list, which led to the parental advisory sticker appearing on recordings thought to be unsuitable for younger listeners. That's hilarious. So that started the sticker? It, it was part of it. I thought I touched myself when I think about you was the... Uh, no, this is no, way before that. Really? Actually, okay. I thought it was, to be honest with you, I thought it was um, Rex and Effects. Not Rump Shaker, but Banned in the USA. No, that's not Rex and That's, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? Or Two Life Crew? Two Life Crew. Yeah, I thought that, that was part they of it. started the sticker. They part of it. They were part of it, and they were the ones that were going up. Luke, you know, Luke. Yes. Um, He was all part of it, and yeah, it's... it's you know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. I actually watched a little bit of that when I was younger. It's yeah. crazy. I can remember that. Rolling Stone ranked it as, uh, ranked Shebop as the 36th best song of 1984, praising its unusual playfulness regarding sexuality. I had no idea Never. that it was basically an ode to masturbation. Never would have known wow. that. And I've been listening to that song since I was a kid, walking around like, Debop! <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? yep. And there I am talking about taking care of yourself. Yeah, yeah sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. So True Colors is now considered a gay anthem, after which True Colors United, which advocates for runaway, or advocate, uh, advocates for runaway and homeless LGBTQ youth is so colorfully named. This week in music news. Well, it's a slow week this week in the news, but we have a couple things. So, first of all, Brett Michaels. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned him earlier. Is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Singer Poison. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to see. Ah, uh, he would. Uh, I don't think he'd something, something like a rose, right? Rock of Love. Oh, yeah, did that. Are you, you talking about Every Rose Has a Thorn? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that. <laughs> so, he was mysteriously hospitalized. Oh, Last night. Uh, really? Last night? Yeah, but he's texting from the hospital, so uh-huh. they didn't release what it was. He just says he can't wait to get back and rock the place. So. Oh, okay. So who knows? I mean, he's up there. I just saw a, a video someone posted of like last week, him up on stage, and he's actually still killing I it, I saw dude. that on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. He's still killing it. Yeah. So, so when he's um, when Jeff says uh, yesterday he was hospitalized, today is actually uh, July 2nd of yes. 2022. So on July 1st, he was hospitalized. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, who knows what? I mean, we just saw Travis Barker go through. I don't know if you saw that in the news. He was uh, rushed to the hospital for pancreatitis because he just had a colonoscopy that triggered it. Oof. Damn. So he got hospitalized and everybody was freaking out, you know. But So there's that. And then uh, moving on, obviously, this is a kind of a no-brainer, but Stranger Things, the soundtrack is number one everywhere. Shocker. Well, yeah, they're, doing, they're doing that, like, curated playlist for everybody. Yeah, and everybody on that playlist yeah. is making some cheddar. Oh, yeah. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Dude, I saw Scorpion was on there for one of them, too. Like, uh, yeah. uh, hurricane. like a hurricane. Yeah. yeah. Is that on there? Yeah. 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 It, it's, really? It's like yeah. different for everybody. That was yeah. in the uh, first episode of this of Volume 2. I really enjoyed the uh, them doing the... Uh, separate ways the way they did that they that made it was really they made cool. it sound creepy all those it toms really like, doom, yeah doom, 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 doom. not a fan of the uh metallica part i'm not going to spoil anything but i'm just yeah that. yeah i thought it was cool it added some whatever but i agree with when, with what you said yeah, i never, agree with what you said happened. yeah um and then the last thing i got here was i thought was interesting you'll like it's about weird al uh you, ah! know, you remember beck 
Beck, yes. He did the song Loser, Loser and yeah. uh, Devil's Haircut, yeah. Yeah. Two Turntables and, and a, a Microphone. microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He just had an interview, and he says he regrets not giving Weird Al permission to do a parody of Loser. Aww. He says at the time he thought it would be career suicide. Dude. All right, so in saying that, now Weird Al has to do a cover of Loser. Right. Oh, heck yeah. Or his version of Loser. Yeah. Well, his mean? biopic's all done. It's coming out soon. With yeah, and that's Daniel got Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I've, seen, I've seen clips of it. It looks hilarious. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it looks really good. I love me some Weird Al. That's coming yeah. up soon. I can't wait to do that. So is, is that our news? But the, yeah, the moral of the story is if Weird Al wants to do your song, do it. Let him do your song. Do it. I don't care who you are. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Absolutely. He man. makes it better. Absolutely. Every time. I, I, that's that's uh, who said that. I think it was the Red Hot Chili Peppers when they allowed him to do um, <laughs> the Flintstones <laughs> under the bridge, <laughs> or give it, it away. Give it, it away. Give, give it away. It was all about the Yabba Doo. Yeah. Yabba Dabba Doo. Now <laughs> they said that when Weird Al asked to cover or do a rendition of their song, that they knew they had finally made it. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Right, though. You know, because yeah, I mean, think about it. Like he did Nirvana, um, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, yeah, Eat It, a couple Michael Jackson. He did Eat It and Fat. Yeah. Bad? Oh, yeah. Who's bad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My butt is wide. <laughs> you know, it's just so good, dude. Coolio? He's, he's, yeah. He, every, case, yeah. Oh, Amish Paradise? He Amish wasn't Paradise. happy about that, by the way. Coolio? Really? Yeah. If you look it up, Coolio didn't know that he was going to be like turning, because it's supposed to be like a serious song, and he turned it into Amish Paradise. And I guarantee you, uh, Weird Al got more plays and streams than Coolio did. I don't know. Yeah, that was a big that song. Big. It was. Gangsta's Paradise was but huge. Amish Paradise was really yeah, big. I love it. It's still, it's still good. People still play it at the bar all the time. I yeah. never hear Gangsta's Paradise unless it's playing on VH1. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's the news, huh? That's the news this week. Nobody died. Uh, that's good. Yay. Yay. Everybody cheers to Yay, that. Cheers to that. Yay. Cheers to nobody passing away that we know of. I'm mm-hmm. sure somebody did, but we just don't know about it. So right. anyway, so that was Cindy Lauper. Holy moly. Wow. What a great, great career. And she's still going. She's still moving. She's been rocking for, what, 40 years now? Amen. Definitely an icon. She yeah. Just wants to have fun. She's just, <laughs> she's she's having the most fun she possibly can, considering kind of what she had to deal with when she was younger. Yeah. I mean, she dealt with a lot. So, listen, that was Cindy Lauper. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media channels. Just search for Icons and Outlaws wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and connect with your favorite people. We produce another amazing podcast called The Midnight Train, and if you're into unsolved true crime, the paranormal, or anything mysterious, you can and you can actually laugh at all the craziness in it. Uh, we think you'll actually like it, so get on over there and check it out. You can find links to that and all the other great content we're putting out over at AccidentalDads.com, our centralized network hub, including all of our socials. Make sure you follow us on TikTok, on uh, the Twitter, on the Instagiggle, Chat Snap, Chat Snap, um, Face, Face. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's called Meta. 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 Meta, meta whatever it is. Facebook. Anyway, whatever. we're all over there. And if there's something that you want us to be on and we're not on there, let us know and we will make sure to do that. Lastly, please consider supporting both shows by signing up to be a Patreon uh, producer over at patreon.com forward slash accidental dads or just go to iconsandoutlaws.com. That's where it's at, to be honest. I mean, how many shows have where you, you're, if you're a patron, you get everything? You get everything from both shows. Mm-hmm. Like that, to me, is awesome. Yeah, you get and double the bonuses. Uh, you get we actually. I just uh, we just dropped the um, f that guy. Uh, I was going to uh, ask you, and, and it was about a really really horrible person named the BTK killer. Oh, and uh, yeah, we went through that, and I actually have audio footage of him describing in court everything that he did. It's pretty messed up. So anyway, yeah. there's that. And for our bonus episode for this week, I think we're going to have a little competition, right? I believe so. It's going to be something uh, with the country. No, no, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Oh, why don't we do that? <laughs> 
Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Either way, get on over there and uh, support the show. It's five bucks a month, and you get all kinds of bonus content as well as a bunch of cool stuff that you can get and, and like you know discount codes and things like that for merchandise, which I'm working diligently on. Still playing catch up from Ireland. Ireland. So listen, thanks for listening to our episode on Cindy Lauper, an absolute icon. And in the immortal words of Cindy, understand where it is you want to go. Then picture yourself there. If you can't picture yourself there, then you can't be there. Bottom line.
Hey there, listener. We hope you enjoyed our song. And remember, you can listen to it anytime you want to on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to your favorite music. Just look up Icons and Outlaws. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.